0: Hello everyone. Welcome to uh, Monday afternoon here on Ausbiz. You've tuned in to the call. Uh, 10 stocks that you want us to take a look at. I put them to two experts and we give you a buy hold or sell on them i throw in a stock of the day and kick you off this monday mark gardner from macro mark how are you sir i'm well how are you good good weekend yeah no, pretty uh pretty quiet thankfully so and well after a busy week last week us market the the best week since 2020 last week it yeah. looks as though tech stocks roaring back well more importantly
1: vix sort of vix subsiding down there to sort of 23 oh. so and generally any sustained period above 30 more than six days in a row if it drops right. back down below 20 in the preceding couple of weeks you generally get a bit of a grind higher over over a two-month period of time so okay. that stats held up pretty well over historically over time so ah. um
0: so yeah so that's was, what you're watching at the moment
1: yeah very much watching VIX, um and really weren't looking at dipping our toes back in um to get fully allocated again until really, you know, a little bit on Friday, a little bit more today, and oh, that's but still, uh, but still got some, still got some cash just in case. Right. Um, but yeah, look, if we, we'll look to be, you know, we'll be fully allocated basically, you know, somewhere around, you know, VIX around the 18 or 19 mark. So okay, she's a very reliable
0: indicator generally for. Um, oh, that's fascinating. For, yeah, I didn't so. realise that. Uh, Francesco um, Dostratus from Aud Minute, how are you, sir?
2: Are you, are your you guys, are you
0: feeling a bit more confident about the market?
2: Oh, look, you know, the, the, the market at the moment after the reporting season, we have gained a lot of confidence. I mean, earnings uh, expectations were ticked up a little bit after the reporting season. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of things going on in the background as well. Obviously, uh, you've got the conflict in, in the, the Ukraine with Russia. Um, but also focusing on the inflation with interest rate rising. Um, probably see a bit of a reallocation of assets uh, over the next 12 months from uh, from risk assets to, to, to interest rate securities. So a uh, little bit of a change going on, a bit going on in the background, but from earnings point of view, um, yeah, look, we're, we're feeling reasonably confident. And look, you know, the, the prices of stocks, valuations aren't uh, um, you know overly stretched at the moment either. So it's not a bad hmm. time to be looking uh, for good quality okay. long term investors.
0: All right uh let's get stuck into things my um uh, some of the stocks that we will be covering this half hour first half hour appen uh, bhp experience co uh, challenger and ansel uh coming up in this first 30 minutes so uh, really good cross-section of stocks there um but stock of the day popular one here on the call uh magellan announcing its uh rockstar co-founder hamish douglas has officially resigned from the board due to his indefinite uh, uh, leave of absence while he manages his health. The decision was effective from Saturday, last Saturday, with Magellan saying it's still searching for an additional independent director. This is the latest in what's been a pretty shaky start to the year. Look at that from uh, back middle of last year, around $55 to $15. Uh, Meant to be the rockstar fund manager of the Australian share market, how it's changed. Share price reflecting its underperformance and the departure of its former CEO and its biggest clients. uh, Some of it uh, readjusting funds under management has been uh, dropping. Uh, So how's the market digesting this down another 2% today? governor what do you think of uh, Magellan at the moment this latest announcement
1: yeah well we actually did this on the uh, on the call a couple of weeks ago yep. so um, we did. and I basically echo my points from there uh, from from then it hasn't really changed their um, their funds under management mm-hmm. are under pressure obviously um, I think Hamish stepping aside is a good thing um, yep. overall I think it just removes a lot of uncertainty they have brought back in um, a few people that have been really, you know, that have that started with Magellan early that had shifted off into satellite funds, etc. So yep. um, but look, from a from a trader's point of view, you know, they can't really afford to screw up from here. And that's never I, I, I've always found, you know, managing traders over time, it's never a great headspace to be. Yep. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, which we went through this and I sort of suggested I would sell Magellan and buy uh, yep. the gear index fund. Yep. Um, that if you'd done that, you'd be 12% better off already in in about a week and a half. So um, I sort of stick by that. I probably wouldn't be going as aggressive with say, you know, maybe just STX, not not necessarily gear up here. Um, But I I think the the market has to have general buoyancy and be back up towards those, you know, really close to those record highs for them, for there to be enough confidence in the market to bring this back up again. So I think there's probably better spaces you could, you know, you could have your money at the moment. and look, and just revisit it because there's a there's going to be a lot of moving parts there for the next yep. you know th- three to six months, um, and you know, they do need to regain the confidence of markets. Mm. So, look, it, I'd rather miss the first sort of ten percent of this move to the you know, you know to the upside and um, have some surety on it, and then yep. see if they can uh, rebuild okay. from there.
0: Just hold your fire, Francesco. What are your analysts at odds um, thinking of uh, Magellan at the moment?
2: Yeah, well, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Lost his rock star status, and, and you know we've seen this in the past uh, with Platinum and uh, and Kirt Nelson, where uh, you know where where things start to become unstable, um, you know investors uh, start to hit the exit doors, and we've seen that with one large mandate. Uh, what it tends to happen then is you get a bit of flow on effect, um, where some of your smaller mandates uh, who followed that large mandate into the investments uh, will start leaving as well. Um, so does that, does that uh, issue by you know losing um, funds under management, but also their focus? Um, you know, investors like to know that um, the, the managers are on track and uh, focusing on the next opportunities. But when you've got assets uh, hitting the exit button, um, then your, your your managers are actually focusing on how to exit investments rather than looking for the next opportunities. So. Um, look, we have a, uh, a line, on the line recommendation on the stock and I wouldn't disagree with that. Uh, it looks cheap. People are looking at it and saying, geez, it's come back a long way and it's probably cheap. But I think there's still probably a, a little bit of downward momentum there. Um, seeing Hamish uh, resign from the board today, uh, he's, he's taken a leave of absence as well. The question mark then is, well, where to from here? When's he back in the, in the office? Uh, when's he back? Focusing on what? What are the next investments? So I think some of your larger mandates are probably uh, concerned about that, and you'll probably see further and further exits. So um, yeah, you know, I'd say away from the stock. You know, there's better opportunities out in the marketplace.
0: Okay. All right. Let's get into the stocks that you want us to take a look at, and uh, Francesco Tess wants a view on Appen. The artificial intelligence uh, group um, has had. Big drop in share price after um, their uh, earnings update at the uh, the end of February. Uh, a lot of brokers have downgraded it. Uh, what's your view on Apple?
2: Look, I, I like this business. Um, you know, it, it's it's a, an artificial intelligence. It's data mining. Um, so so I like the area that it's in. It's, it has struggled over the last couple of years, um, and uh, you know, the last reporting season we saw. Uh, Earnings being cut by 21%, which um, I suppose you know, to no surprise, the share price fell by a similar amount. Um, you know, the, there is um, an issue that they've experienced during COVID with some of their work being deferred, and and and, and that's obviously going to impact upon their earnings. Um, and then then we saw Facebook experience uh, experiencing declines in their subscriber numbers. Um, so so and and that was always going to happen. I mean, you know, these uh, social media sites, um, it's only a matter of time when their popularity starts to wane and the young people move on to the next big or, or next new thing, if you like. Um, Facebook is probably uh, the domain for um, someone like you and me, David, of our age group, rather than, uh, you know, the, the, the 20-year-olds and, and the teenagers. So, so they're starting to lose a bit of data, um, or sorry, some subscriptions there, and, and obviously Facebook is one of their customers. Uh, but I still like the business, I, th- I still think there's plenty of opportunities out there for them. Um, I think once we get out the back end of COVID, we see some of their contracts um, are being taken up again. They're only being deferred. Um, it, it, it did disappoint the market with their results, but um, it still trades on about 15 times, which is relatively cheap for an IT stock um, that's probably trading a bit lower because of those disappointments. Um, so, look, we've, we've got a hold on it, but I'd be keeping a watch on it because it's come back yeah. a long way. It looks yeah. relatively cheap for the for, for, for their peers, if you like.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. Mark, what do you think of uh, yeah. Appet and Francesco's right? All of these sexy digital platforms are sexy until mum and dad go on them and then, <laughs> they're, they're, then the cohort yeah. moves on to something else, doesn't it? Yeah, and, uh, absolutely
1: right. So um, yeah, I think my kids have yeah, turned yeah. up their nose about... Uh, but then, the,
0: This is grounded as a tech stock, isn't it? So tech stocks mm. have been battered. So NASDAQ had a big rise last week. So is this, you know, is this a case of tech stocks turning around? or do you sell into the re- uh, <laughs> rebound that there's a bit more to go with tech stocks?
1: Look, in the pecking order of, of sectors I want to go into, um, trying to pick a turnaround, tech's probably last, right. just about. Oh, so, um, look, But, you know, I agree with um, Francesco's points that, you know, it's not a bad business, um, but I, I, from my point of view, it's just, you know, trying to catch the falling knife in tech at the moment yep. is probably you know probably the most dangerous sector to try and attempt to do that um, yeah. I think there's a lot of sectors particularly you know health um, health financials materials that are, some of these smaller and mid-sized cap firms have been battered pretty hard and they're going to have um, you know they traditionally are the better performers in a, in a raising right envi- rising rate environment so yeah. it's nothing nothing necessarily against app and um, in this case but it really be you um, yeah, it's, it's probably about the last place I want to be, you know, taking the risk. So just for now, I, you know, I'd probably be a seller and just, just to wait and see. Um, and, you know, because look, if we do have any more geopolitical risks or, um, you know, inflation starts to, to kick even further and rates have to go up quicker, you know, this, this could yep. really get into a bit of trouble. So it's um, but look, it's definitely one to keep, you know, keep in mind when we when we when things really settle down, um, and we're probably sort of mid mid cycle in the rate in the rate rises, which could potentially be you know towards the latter half of this year, Q3, say. Um, then then it'd be something that I'm definitely sort of putting back on my okay. radar. But at the, the moment, there's
0: a little bit too much risk there for okay. me. Okay, hold it if you've got it. Um,
1: no. probably
0: not. No, 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 okay. no, I just I don't I don't it's see. An interesting t- sector because someone mentioned to me on the weekend, Jumbo Interactive
2: mm. seems to
0: have gone against the trend. Of tech stocks, so it's at a two-year high at the moment. I had a had a look at it and thought, yeah. "Wow, that's a well, one a, out of the box, a bit different software company."
1: Yeah, I mean, what's the lottery's business, too? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I think that's yeah, sort of, that so. hybrid type. Yeah. So cross sectors. Um, Jeff wants a view, Mark, on um, BHP, asking when's the uh, uh, Woodside merger um, going to be completed? BHP's oil stocks going um, out to Woodside or oil assets Um, and what are the advantages for BHP shareholders in this?
1: Look, I think it's a part of their broader strategy overall is they're moving away from um, metallurgical coal and oil and fossil fuels, etc. So um, I think as well, they're obviously moving into that potash, which should be complete sometime towards the end of this decade or something about another. About a five to eight-year timeline, depending on you know many delays. So, I think the you know the BHP being such a big firm, it's like trying to turn around an oil tanker, I suppose. So, they're uh, and they still hold a good a good chunk of that um, of that Woodside. So, yeah. look, they're still going to benefit from the oil. I think it's I think it's a really smart play, sort of timing-wise. That I think people were a little bit fanciful and thinking that coal was just going to be dropped mm. um, straight away. So. I think that, that timeline's pretty pretty damn good for um, around about you know phasing out eight years. Obviously, the potash right. stuff will start to come in and fill that gap. Um, one really under like, you know underestimated thing as well is that um, it's, uh, the Olympic Dam project. BHP had a uh, you know, massive uranium deposit which they were going to start up the re- start re-mining back uh, 2017. They put on hold. Yeah. Uh, uranium price was um, was about half of what it was what it is now. Um, and very close to the target price that they quoted, basically to um, oh. to start up. If they got that in full swing, it's the biggest uranium mine in the world. Yeah. By it nearly doubled. So wow. it um, you know, and uranium's really it's not obviously not popular here in Australia, but um, and obviously sort of th- there was a few shutters through the market when were, the Russians were shelling that uh, power yeah. plant. But um, but it overall proved that it's fair you know it's fairly safe and from a baseload electricity point of view you know, it's it's likely going to be, you know, a big part of energy, energy going mm. forward and re- reducing um, reliance on right. Russian gas and oil. So they've got a lot of great things in the pipeline. And I think, you know, holding on to oil for the time being and obviously having their coal assets and phasing them out and then shifting a long way out is going to prove to be a okay. strategic masterstroke from BHP.
0: So. so do you like them at this level?
1: i uh, yeah, we're, we're, I've been buying them basically throughout this whole this whole period. So. Right. We, um, I mean, there was a we we did a minor switch because it was a very rare occasion where you could pick up Rio and um, BHP on different ex dividend dates, and yep. pretty much switch back now. So yeah, but BHP is an absolute cornerstone of most of the portfolios. Okay. Uh,
0: Francesco,
2: yeah, look, um, I think the merger um, starts to take hold around the middle of this year, so there's still a fair bit of time to play out. Um, look, from an advantages point of view, I, I think, you know, BHP's focus uh, will be much more targeted towards the material sector, um, as Mark mentioned, you know, and potash, uh, which is probably more in the fertiliser and chemical side of things, but um, and and shifting away from, from those um, uh, carbon emitting uh, industries like oil and gas and coal. Um, so it, it will, I suppose, attract more of the uh, ESG type investors as well. Um, on, on the other side of it though, um, as they divest out of the oil and gas sector, um, and, and Mark rightly highlights that they will still hold some woodside stock, uh, but that will be sold in over time, I would imagine. Um, it, it works as a, uh, a bit of a natural equaliser for BHP, because as you can appreciate, um, they're very, very large um, consumers of, uh, of, of energy through um, you know, just their diesel bills, every, every, uh, every week it'd be astronomical. So owning an oil and gas company sort of balanced it out from as oil prices rise, uh, they make, made up for that, the, the higher cost on their material side of things uh, and vice versa. So um, look, we're restricted on our uh, recommendation at the moment, but um, you know, we were positive before we went into a restriction on that. Uh, it trades on about just under nine times earnings, which seems really, really cheap, but we, we have earnings um, declining slightly over the next two to three years. So it puts it on about a 11 or 12 times PE over the next two to three years, uh, but the dividends are still very strong. So uh, it does form a base for a lot of portfolios out there, and um, we do like stocks. So um, wouldn't hurt buying for the longer term. Um, right. From a trading perspective, um, I think um, you know you could potentially wait a little bit if there's a bit of negativity uh, around uh, oil and gas. Uh, if there's a bit of easing tensions in in the Ukraine and Russia.
0: Okay. All right. So uh, there you go, Jeff. Some uh, good comments there on BHP from both Francesco and Mark. Um, Francesco, Mia wants a view on Experience Co. Now, this is sort of a, an adventure tourism company, isn't it? Um, one of the uh, the ex-bosses, I think, of Tourism Australia has uh, uh, launched this a, a couple of years ago. They own a whole bunch of... Uh, of brands in that adventure, tourism and leisure experience, uh, skydiving, uh, reef tours, rainforest tours uh, across Australia and New Zealand?
2: Yeah, and look, and unfortunately for this type of business, it was really uh, brought to its knees by the the, the, yep. the COVID lockdowns and uh, you know, currently running, running a loss. But um, we would expect that to turn around over the next two to three years, all things being equal. You know, what I mean by that is, you know, no more COVID shutdowns and so forth. So, um, yeah, we're experiencing a lot more local tourism uh, of late and I think that will probably continue on uh, over the next sort of 12 to 18 months um, as things still take, I, I suppose, take a bit of time to settle down globally. Um, we're starting to see an increase in, in uh, overseas tourists coming to Australia as well. So all that sort of points to the right direction for Experience Co. Our guys got a buy on it. Um, Look, I I think the price has risen significantly enough at the moment, probably more to be a hold than a a buy. But um, um, look, our guys like the stock and like the business. Uh, It seems to have done well uh, pre-COVID. It's just got to get its direction right after COVID.
0: Okay, Uh, Mark, what do you think of Experience Co? Yeah, I think the
1: reopening trade's kind of been a little bit left in the dust with the um, geopolitical issues and things going on and and inflation etc but um yeah look i i don't mind this business it's it's fairly financially sound as well they've got 12 and a half million in cash um they did do uh they made a few acquisitions over that period i would assume of some distressed assets um look and labor shortages may be a, mo- a minor issue there um but i would have thought that it, it's a sort of area where you're going to find a pretty good influx of, you know, if the tourists are coming back. You're going to have the backpacker um, yeah. labour force probably wanting to work in those sorts of uh, those sorts of jobs on the reef, etc. So um, I think Treetops is, you know, I've taken my kids to Treetops and things like. I think that's probably not a not a bad sort of stabilizer. It's not just generally tourism related um, yeah. a reliance. Sorry, um, it's probably you know a bit more of a consistent income potentially. So uh, you know, look it. It seems financially sound. Look, I think it was up about seven or so percent this morning. So I tend to agree with um, Francesco there. Like, if you can buy it on a dip, um, somewhere in the high, you know, somewhere in the high twenties, I don't think it's, I don't think it's too right. bad. But um, obviously, you have just got to be very wary of, uh, you know, any further COVID yeah. breakouts, etc. But um, it's one that, you know, it's. As I said, the, the reopening is a bit of a, a bit of a forgotten trade for some of those guys, and yeah. you know, as, as people start to come back, they um, you know these these guys that managed to survive and um, endure through the through the lockdowns will be um, it will actually come out with le- a lot less competition. So right. they may do very well on a, on a two-year basis, provided there's no more uh, yeah. there's no more lockdowns.
0: Good executive team, um, so I'll hold at the moment after the pop. Wait for any sort of pullback. Yeah, I'd be buying on a pullback for sure. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. All right, uh, Mark Sandy wants a view on uh, Challenger, the big investment management group, where the uh, sort of has built a specialty in annuities and mm. pensions, hasn't it, for the for that retirement market.
1: Yeah, look, and they obviously had their issues as well, um, probably about a year ago. Um, yep. So they've, they've really started. They've turned things around and really started to. Um, well, they've really broken the downgrade cycle there. Um, you know, from the technical point of view and the analyst ratings point of view, it's it's they're all fairly decent. You know, um, like strong buyers. So um, I think it's you know rising interest rate environment which should really help this annuity style product. So obviously right. their margins will increase, etc. Um, you know. So yeah, look, it's it's one that you're probably buying a break um, just above here. Um, you know around this you know, 690 sort of uh, 690 regional or thereabouts potentially because it um, it does tend to sort of range um, so yeah break up through those two highs there' I think well, more around the seven dollar mark um, they yield okay uh, and that you know they' I think they now that they've um, you know they' they're still trading lower than what they were last year so yeah. I still think there's some decent you know decent capital um, Capital upside and then, you know, obviously, you know, dividends and financial should do, you know, these annuity products yep. should do well, so.
0: So, of financial groups, they're one that would benefit by rising interest rates.
1: Yeah, fina- well, banks generally will as yep. well, um, so, yeah, it's, um, you really, yeah, you really want to be, like, you know, it's about a two or well, nearly a three percent dividend yield. Um, sector PE ratio is about, well, sorry, it's ratio PE ratio is about half of the sector, so, you know, it's, it's relatively cheap and, and yields fairly well, and should have okay. some decent uh, results going forward. So, right. so. Uh, and they, you know, going through a little bit of that pain last year, um, where they, you know, lost a few funds under management, etc. It's really made, you know, they've had a, a couple of reporting since then, and they've turned the ship around. So, management okay. have proven their worth.
0: Good buy from you, uh, Francesco. What do you think of Challenger? What's the odds view there? Yeah, look, we're
2: going to hold on the stock. It's- Look, it's not the most exciting investment out there in the marketplace, but um, some people like that. And you know, boring sometimes means steady as she goes, if you like. Um, look, it, it trades uh, on a reasonable P.E., but nothing says to me that, that um, you should be racing out and buying it or, or, or panicking and selling it. Um, they put out um, pretty strong results in the first half of FY22, which I suppose met expectations slightly higher. So, so. Um, that gave the investment community a, a little bit of confidence that they can continue on uh, with what they're doing. Um, they do hold um, quite a few annuity-style products, which um, obviously, by their nature, um, you know, taper off over time. Um, but um, look, it, it's a steady as she goes investment. Uh, I don't think there's any uh, real significant risks uh, to the to the business um, going forward. So um, look, we've got to hold on it. If the share price fell into a dip. You know, you're, you're, and you're looking for something that's fairly secure in your investment
0: portfolio, you might pick some up. Okay, all right. Um, Francesco, Jackson wants a view on Ansel, the uh, big manufacturer of uh, uh, health uh, products, particularly that uh, uh, surgical gloves and uh, for the health industry.
2: Yeah, look, I, I like this stock. I, I think it's in a good space. Um, It it surprisingly was impacted negatively from COVID. I thought it may not have such a negative impact, obviously with um, a lot of testing and um, um, you know, uh, um, vaccines going on. People uh, in the industry got to wear gloves while they're doing those tests and uh, and, you know, know, injecting people. So I I didn't think it would have that much of an impact, but it did. Um, We've got a cumulative recommendation on it. Trades on the mid teens, so at fourteen point eight times earnings. Uh, dividend yield's not that exciting; it's about three percent. Um, it's no franking in it, but that, you know it sits in the healthcare space. I, I'd probably suggest it, it maybe sort of a bit of an industrial as well, but but yep. uh, supplying the healthcare sector. So um, we're going to accumulate. I like it. I, I think it's in a good space and it's a good long-term investment.
0: Mm, okay,
2: uh, Mike. Mm.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree with uh, Francesco there. It um, I'd be yeah I'd be accumulating. Um, don't think I'd be just yeah. rushing out and buying. You know, full allocation. I'd be put more than likely just dollar averaging for a for a period of time. Um, look, it's a good mix. It's a very solid company. You know, reliable management. Um, most of the issues they've had over the last year have really been external and kind of out of their control, um, yeah. rather than them they're making particularly bad decisions um, they have to obviously be very reliable in terms of um, inventory and then they've ended up you know, being overstocked etc as well and supply chain issues have hit yep. them etc so it um and look it's a, it's at a fairly favorable price it's pretty much trading around about where you know it bounced out of COVID mm. lows so um and you know look forecasts aren't particularly great for you know next reporting season or whatever so Hence, probably more of it accumulate just right. in case. But, um, but yeah, look, I, I, I like the business. Um, it's you know, it's a it's a good bit of boring, I suppose, for right. your portfolio. Yeah. Um, and it, and it one that you know, if, you know, if things start to turn around and management have got a pretty good track record of um, of being agile, then you know you'll see this the right. share price start to lift up. And you you know, it's got a reasonable dividend yield as well. Okay, so, so
0: we go back to your uh, comments right at the very start mm. of the show starting to get a bit more confidence mm. in the market is this a stock that if you had in your portfolio and it's dropped a fair bit, and you're in cash and you're saying you're starting to get back in do you start to sort of almost average down by putting if you have ansel in your portfolio yeah that, yeah look is I, that I, how you approach i think i think time, that's a reasonable. i
1: think that's a reasonable comment um yeah, look, it's it shouldn't. Realistically, the market doesn't care where you've got in, so yeah. it's, either, yeah, yeah. it's either cheaper, it's not. So yeah. um, I think it's fairly cheap here, and particularly if you're if you're a person that um, had the risk profile that you know that wanted Ansel in their portfolio, then you know yeah. stuff like potentially Challenger or this one, fairly you know, even though they're very different, they're, they're similar in terms of risk profile potentially. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, you probably want, you're not going to all of a sudden flip to just buying tech stocks, you know, no. if you're if you're an Ansel investor. So, um, well, not not generally. So, yeah, look, it'd be I'd be I'd be averaging and and you know what you're getting generally. Yep. So, and I think that's what people like about you know stocks like Ansel, They, hmm. you know, they, they generally know what they're
0: getting. And so, yeah, you'd be I think you'd be looking to add to okay. it. so. All right. Um, good discussion on Ansel. Thank you very much for uh, that, Jackson, suggesting it. Uh, let's just recap the first five stocks and stock of the day, Magellan was our stock of the day. Um, a no from both Mark and Francesco, basically sell if you if you hold it. Um, Appen, uh, a hold from Francesco and would be on his watch list, quite likes the, uh, the business. Mark likes it as well, but not a time to, to be involved in it. Uh, BHP uh, and accumulate from both of them. Uh, Experience uh, Co a hold from both. Um, Mark saying, look, it's had a bit of a pop uh, today. If there was a bit of a pullback, he'd be interested in taking a look at it as a buy. Challenger, a hold from Francesco. Uh, a yes from uh, from Mark. And uh, both of them and accumulate on Ansel at these levels. Um, now the Time has finally uh, come. Our new portfolio is live. Our first investment committee meeting is available to catch up on online uh, to watch how our experts uh, picked which stocks to add into the Calls High Conviction Fund. Uh, Let's take a look at what the portfolio looks at at the moment. Equal allocation across BHP, Macquarie, MinRes, uh, Steadfast, Aristocrat, Leisure, uh, Ordinate, CSL, NextDC and Universal Store. Uh, Then half units in Qantas Frontier Digital Ventures and uh, 20% held in cash. Uh, Every month the committee will meet to assess the buy, holds and sells as discussed every day here on the call um, and keep the portfolio up to date. Now, the next investment committee meeting is next week coming to the end of the week. So we'll be updating the portfolio very shortly. Keep sending in your requests, of course, to the call each day. Uh, to see which stocks our committee will be looking into next month. For example, Ansel will go into the committee, see what, whether they think it should go into the fund. Uh, BHP, of course, is already in the fund. It will go up for ratification as well. So it's an insight into how um, uh, professional investors think. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum of the CMC Pro accounts at our website. Um, in this half hour, the stocks we're going to be taking a look at: uh, Crown, uh, Orica, uh, Big Tin Can, Transurban, and ARB Corporation. Again, a uh, another great cross section. So let's get into it. And uh, Mark Bob wants a view on Crown uh, Crown Resorts. Bob said, "Should I buy some Crown Resorts while well, it's seventy odd cents?" Off its uh, current takeover price, of course, the big uh, gambling uh, group and uh, casino organisers that under a private equity um, offer at the moment.
1: Yeah, look, I, to be honest, I don't think it's worth taking the risk, yep. you know, for the small gain. Um, I mean, it, it's it seems to be fairly locked down, but if you know things can go wrong, and obviously that, that share price did rally pretty hard um, up to that um, up to that takeover price, so. Um, and look, it's you know new management, new board, new everything. Yeah. Um, it's not you know for a, what is it about? Probably about a five or six percent you know gain. I, I don't think not you know worth the risk. It's absolutely not worth the risk there. Yeah. Um, you know if you were expecting a counter bid, perhaps you know, but um, I think at this stage there is there's yeah. so many unknowns that I can't see um, massive big you know massive fund managers coming out to to, or to scramble for it. I think that. It seems to have played out now, so um, yep. so yeah. Look, I I really wouldn't be. Uh, you know, there's some decent opportunities out there at the moment. Um, the markets yep. for the time being seems to have bottomed. Um, I'd almost be the reverse view and and be just you know wa- giving away the five percent to go and try and do some bargain do hunting with that cash. Well, so that's interesting because um, I think I, I think without too much risk on the table, you can possibly yep. you know pick up something of reasonable value, which will, um, you know, which will basically give you that. Because that,
0: that's the thing. It's the opportunity cost mm. of having your money tied up in something that's not going anywhere mm. um, is the big issue. That? And that's what a lot of people forget. Can, can you get better opportunities with the same money?
1: Yeah, look, we the we, same situation for, for us. We had Western Aries and, um, we held it for a counter bid. Um, it didn't didn't materialise. Uh, While Lou went with um, with IGO's oh. bid, so we, we basically flicked it straight into Mincor and, and done quite well. So yep. yeah, oh, you know, so it's, it's it's a good example there of you know where, yep. whether your money can be good put to good use. So okay, um, and at the time with Western areas Western and getting off topic, the market was you know. Pretty severe downturn so we were happy to hold it because we knew that there was a takeover bid there so yeah. in a situation where you think the market's going to come off you know maybe that's an appropriate time to hold okay. something like that but, but
0: francesco what about crown for you at this stage
2: yeah look these are always interesting questions when there's a takeover um and you've got to question why is it trading at such a discount normally normally you'd see it trading a little bit closer to the takeover bid uh, and i think you'll find that um, there's a lot of regulatory hurdles that um uh, blacks do have to overcome before um, this takeover materialises. Um, you've obviously got foreign investment review board. Uh, then you've got um, casino licensing issues. Um, so there's a lot of hurdles for them to jump over before this can happen. Um, so the question there lies is: we know where the upside is. Thirteen tens the, the bid at the moment will they again increase? Well, Star were um, um, you know competing in there, but will they come back at these levels? I doubt it. Um, so I can't envisage any higher bids coming out of this. Um, so then you've got a question, well, what happens it all falls apart? What's the downside risk? Uh, Where's the stock trade on, on a normal basis? And you've got to remember, if you look back at the underlying earnings of, of Star, they've been impacted significantly um, by by the COVID restrictions. Um, you know, We've got them trading on a negative uh, PE at the moment. So we don't see them moving into profit until next year. Uh, and back to probably normal operations into, into 2024 um, okay. our analyst has got a positive recommendation on it but um, I, look again it's a toss of the coin if you prepared to take that risk five percent Watch your downside risk um i personally wouldn't take those sort of risks and yep. i'd wait to see what comes out
0: there. okay all right um francesco stewart wants a view on orica the big chemicals and uh and blasting group um i was fascinated with you talk about Ukraine a bit earlier. Russia is a, uh, a big producer of explosives. And, and uh, Scuddy, I think, here at Auschwitz, put a chart up over the weekend on his Twitter account just showing um, uh, fertilizer uh, sort of prices going through going through the roof at the moment. We're in that chemicals business.
2: Yeah, and look, you know, I suppose one positive you can look at it for the Australian market out of the unfortunate situation there is that, you know, the the the, the increase in prices um, focused on oil and gas and resources uh, benefits um, a lot of our markets. So, so if there is any positives to take away from it, um, there's one there. But you also got to remember, uh, um, if tensions uh, start to subside and they start to come to some sort of arrangement of a right. ceasefire. Um, those things are going to fall as well so you've got to take the good with the bad there on the Oregon side of things um, look, I, I think we've seen um, cycling through the, 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 the downside in, in that part of the industry um, they reported um, some really good results compared to what they've done over the last three years, um, they've sold an asset that was not in core um, obviously, they, um, well not obviously but unfortunately they sold it at a loss of what they paid for it, but um, at a gain of what they had it on the books for because they had it written down so many over the number of the last few years. So, so there's some positives to take away from their uh, reporting season. Um, it does trade on a fairly hefty uh, PE multiple around 22 times. So, it's probably fairly valued at these levels. Um, so, we've we've got a whole recommendation on right. the stock.
0: Okay, yeah. Mark, Orica. Yeah, and
1: agree with the hold there. Um, I'd probably play it slightly differently. Look, you know, Russia's obviously world's biggest ammonia and nitrate um, yep. supplier. Um, they, they were they were introducing their own sanctions even before this, where they, were, they weren't even exporting um, yeah. some of that prior to that anyway. So, um, look, we we took the view coming into, or well, obviously when the invasion started, we bought oil, gold, palladium. Um, and New farm, well, things you know, involving fertilisers, IPL and New Farms. So obviously Santos is the most leveraged to the oil price as well, but um, just just in, to make things clean in uh, volatile markets, we just bought the triple O ETF, which is uh, right. BetaShares ETF, which is oil Futures, uh we've, we've since gotten out um, with a view to obviously trying to get back into some of the companies. So. Look, it might be something that we, you know, we might have a look at because of the oil exposure, but, you know, IPL, uh, New Farm here, um, uh, you know, we're going to have a really great uh, agricultural uh, winter crop, um, provided the rain stops, um, and then pretty favorable conditions for the next 18 months. Obviously, a shortage of supply with that ammonia, uh, nitrate, and then the fertilizers as well, so... You know, it, th- yeah, I'd, I'd be a hold on it. I'd probably prefer IPL New Farm. Um, okay. And then maybe something that's a little bit more specific with the oil, um, right. just, um, yeah, because this is such a big business, it's sort of top 50 companies. Um, yeah. There's a lot of moving parts, you know, you just, I'd rather, have, you know, a combination of pure plays rather than, okay. um, necessarily than Orica itself. But yeah, look, I, I, like, I like the company, I'd definitely say it's a hold, because um, right. it's in all the right, right. areas, so. Yeah it um, but yeah so it's if you didn't want to go and muck around with three stocks well then it's not a bad one because okay. it's involved in a
0: few so. all right uh mark matthew wants a view on big 10 can um, which is uh, if you like an australian version of salesforce isn't it it's a uh basically if you if you want a description it's uh, sales enablement software is the flash official term to it uh, but has some uh, Pretty good companies uh, in the government area, telcos, finance, uh, they build a niche for themselves. What do you think of Big Ten? Look, 10K? their client list is super impressive. Yeah. Uh, the Economist, JP Morgan, Citigroup,
1: Zoom, Amex, so mm. there's, um, and mm. their, uh, their recurring revenue's grown by 130% in the last year. So yes. look, it, um, it's probably more to do with, you know, Salesforce probably a little bit more of a CRM. This is more about, um, you know, being able to scale up and train your staff um, and being a little, getting your sales staff a little bit more connected with your, um, you know, with your marketing um, and, your, and your client maintenance as well. So yeah. it is a little bit different and it probably can be used as a bit of an add on. So there may be situations where, you know, um, companies might run, uh, you know, um, an existing CRM like Salesforce or, or et cetera and, and then buy and buy this on top as yep. more of a, a sales team training thing so look the more I looked into this uh, the more I kind of liked it it um, it really does go against you know I'm not I'm not big on tech at the moment but um, I'd say I'd really only give it a you know a, a speculative buy but it has right. gone cash flow positive recently as well so mm. it um, yeah I, I, I like I like the numbers they're, they're, they're trying to you know they're, they're pulling at the moment and they're justifying right. high multiple so so, yeah, look maybe, maybe, look, maybe just a small a small purchase in this um, with some decent upside because it, do, it seems to have been reporting well as well. All right. So
0: um, a nibble has uh, a nibble, ca- yeah. come in as uh, <laughs> part of the uh, the vocabulary here on a call over, <laughs> over the last couple well, of months. It's been pretty so volatile, a so a nibble's fair it. enough. Okay. All right. Francesca, would you have a, a nibble of Big Tin Cam?
2: I wonder if a nibble is going to become a formal recommendation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so, look, I agree with Mark. Um, We cover the stock as well. We've got a buy recommendation on the stock. Um, We've got actually going to cash flow positive this financial year. Um, We saw in the first half um, their revenues grew by 132% on the previous corresponding period. So, uh, you know, with companies like this that are, Still in that uh, evolution phase and development phase, um, you're looking at them running losses for a number of years before they become profitable. And so you focus on what sort of revenue growth they get they are getting. And then these guys are really uh, kicking some goals on that side of it. So um, we like the stock. Um, they acquired a company called Brain Shark, which is a learning hub, um, recently, and that's um, ahead of schedule and and uh, fitting into their numbers. Um, so look, it's not a stock you're looking at the P/E. Uh, It is a bit speculative, obviously, like Mark said, because it uh, uh, is in that development phase, but um, we like the growth in their revenue. um, And and obviously you mentioned uh, some of their customers there, they're very solid and sound customers.
0: Yeah, and recurring income, uh, back to a SaaS model, uh, underpins uh, the consistency of earnings that a lot of these companies, if they can turn it around. All right, big tin can. Uh, Matthew, uh, thumbs up from both Francesco and Mark. Um, Francesco, Earl wants a view on Transurban Group, the uh, the big motorway owner of Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and uh, North America. I notice Morgans have come out and given it a um, uh, a big push in terms of a recommendation to get... Uh, uh, what did they say that um, um, with a... Uh, North America and Australia, um, the driving of traffic growth um, will uh, will really impact and be a good thing for for transurban. What do you think? Are they right?
2: Yeah, look, this is one of my favourite uh, infrastructure stocks. If you like, um, um, we have a buy recommendation on it. It um, you know obviously has a monopoly in in toll roads in Australia, pretty much uh, in Sydney, Melbourne, and Brisbane. Uh, it does have some toll roads in the US and Canada as well. Um, they are one of the best, well, if not the best um, toll road manager in the world. Um, their portfolio of, of, uh, of road or of kilometres, if you like, uh, is growing with um, the recent acquisition last year of, or uh, acquisition of the remaining 50% of what they don't already own in the West connects in the Sydney development uh, project. Um, And the the, the beauty of the toll road, particularly in in Australia, is um, what we've noticed year on year is traffic numbers grow every year um, and tolls increase every year by more than the inflation rate. So, you add those together with a good manager and good maintenance, um, then your profits uh, will continue to grow. Um, So, so look, we like the stock. We've got a buy recommendation on it. One key thing to um, obviously recognise is um, they are highly geared like any infrastructure stock would be. Um, so when, um, when the interest rate environment starts to increase, um, expect the share price to um, take a, a little bit of heat off that, uh, mm-hmm. mainly because of their, their level of debt. But one thing we've noticed over the last decade is um, companies like Transurban and other infrastructure stocks, uh, as, their, uh, as their debt's been um, uh, coming up for a renewal, uh, they've taken their uh, expiries out 25 years. So normally what they would have done is rolled it forward three to five years. Uh, but in the significantly low interest rate environment we've seen over the last 10, they've rolled it forward for an extra long period of time. So um, the impact should be a lot less than they okay. have been in the past.
0: All right. Uh, Mark, that's the thing I suppose, is with these sorts of stock? high level of gearing. So when interest rates go up, um, their repayments mm. will have to go up. But because tolls, increased by inflation which is driving interest rates up mm. there, there's a bit of a balance there is it because your etag you don't even know yeah. what the toll is at the moment you just know that it's going up on a regular basis yeah look it's
1: um, I mean I, I don't mind transurban overall obviously um, tight the timing's not quite right for me at the moment yeah. um, if you held it I'd probably just keep I'd, I'd continue to hold it I, I don't think I could okay. call it a buy just at the moment but Just a a fair few uncertainties there in terms of um, obviously, you know, rising interest rates, but also rising, you know, inflation in the States. I don't think we're going to get it quite as bad here, but, you know, inflation in the States as well, it it sort of could eat away. Whether the traffic numbers are going to come back, um, whether the, uh, you know, the the move out of um, metropolitan centres to... To you know, regional areas um, sticks, or or whether we you know working from home reduces amount, the amount of tolls. So, but it'd be the sort of thing that I think um, you potentially want to be buying. You know, towards end of um, you know end of that rate hike cycle uh, right. sort of thing. Because I've just said this, at this stage, it's just a few too a few too many uncertainties. But look, it's not it's certainly a hold at this right. rate. Um, okay. And, you know, probably see some more earnings from it over the next, you know,
0: over the next, next six to 12 or so. months or some, some more of the traffic numbers and things right. like that. Okay. And our final stock, Mark, Reese, wants a view on ARB. Um, they're officially engaged in the design, manufacture, distribution and sale of motor vehicle accessories and light metal engineering works. Basically, if you want to pimp your four wheel drive, you go to ARB uh, yeah. for bull bars, annexes, whatever, during lockdown uh, and when international borders were closed, they made hay while the sun shined, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I,
1: I, I consulted for a fairly large wheel and tire firm um, a couple of years ago um, and finished up during COVID and yeah, that, that uh, business was just going gangbusters, yeah. ARB was as well, but I think what um, we, this came up on the call uh, the same day as the Magellan one did as well yeah. um, I think myself and Luke Winchester basically both said um, where it was a sell I think it was about 48 it's dropped down a bit I don't I don't mind it possibly around towards the lows at 37 it is a good company it is well yeah. managed um, yeah. sort of founder but, managed and yeah look it's founder, founder managed and I money. do look I do quite like those founder managed um, companies on here, this and Nick Scali and things like that. So, um, but look with new cars, supply chain issues being, you know, probably largely solved over the next 12 months. Um, I think you'll see a lot of the, the car manufacturers try to make up, um, you know, make up some ground on yep. selling options. Um, a friend of mine just tried to buy a Defender and um, it, it, the, the amount of options was just absolutely, okay. you know, staggering. Uh, and a lot of it was stuff that you would do second, you know, um, right. you know at an ARB. ARB. Yeah, yeah. So, look, it, um, it's, you know, and it has had an incredible run. Yeah. So, it's, you know...
0: Not, not for you?
1: Yeah, not for me at the moment, no. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably like to see it around, you know, somewhere around that $35 mark again, okay. really. But, um, but, look, it's a consistent
0: performer, um, but yeah, it's... And well run. And very well run, yeah. yeah. Francesco, what do you yeah. think of ARB?
2: Yeah, look, I'm with Mark. I, I think it is a good business. know, um, yeah, with the tight uh, new end used car market, um, I, I'd be looking more at uh, the use. Uh, sorry, the the motor vehicle parts and accessories rather than just the accessories at the moment. I think what you mentioned, um, uh, David, about sort of pimp you know, pimping your four-wheel drive. I think that a lot of that's factored into the price now. Um, it does trade on about 26 and a half times earnings. So I think the market sort of caught hold of that. Um, our guy's got a positive recommendation. but I think that's probably a little bit stale, that recommendation. I, I'd be a bit cautious about that. I, look, in the same sort of space, I, I prefer GUD holdings. Um, it, it is in the auto parts and accessories side of things. Trades on about 15 times, so it's much cheaper. Um, and it provides a solid dividend of around 4% fully frank. So um, if I was comparing the two, getting exposure to the um, motor vehicle uh, industry, I'd be
0: picking GUD on that one. Okay, all right. Let's re, uh, recap the final five stocks. Cram Resort's a no from both uh, Francesco and Mark. Orica are a hold from both. Um, Big Tin Can um, guys have had a look at it and quite like it. Um, speculative buy from Mark. Have a bit of a nibble. Don't sort of go all out, but he he likes what it's doing and the uh, the final the financials coming through, uh, as does ORDS and and Francesco, particularly with that recurring income uh, growing all of the time. Uh, Transurban, a yes from, from ORDS, a hold from Mark and ARB, a no from both, Francesco in that space prefers GUD and Mark would like to see ARB share price down about $35, then he'd be interested. Uh, Francesco Distratus from uh, from Ords. Great to see you, mate. Thank you for joining us. Good to see you, Doug. Thank Mark you. I'm from Macro. Good to see you in uh, the studios here. Always great to chat. Cheers. Uh, now, if you've got any stocks you'd like us to uh, take a look at, email them at thecall at osbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at Ausbiz tv handle. Uh, a reminder, all the stocks in the calls uh, high conviction portfolio, head to osbiz.co forward slash
2: Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary